Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Overtime Podcast. The girls' hockey season is upon us as they have taken to the ice on Monday, October 30th. They'll have 10 days to get things sorted out, and then the opening games will begin on November 9th. It is then when Hockey Night in Minnesota will make its debut for the third season with Care 11 Plus, the Care 11 streaming apps, along with our partners, The Rink Live, and, of course, us right here producing all of the action from the MN Hockey TV. We will head to Monticello, where we will, where we will see the Alexandria Cardinals facing off against North Wright County in non-conference action. Looking forward to bringing that one to each and every one of you as we open the season. On today's program, we're going to hear from the Rink Live's Sydney Wolf as we'll discuss her relationship with us and the extended coverage for Hockey Night in Minnesota, as well as her contributions to Inside the Bubble. And then we'll also discuss uh, other things surrounding the girls' high school hockey game as well. Then we have a special guest that's going to join us, and that's the head coach of the defending class 2A girls champions. It's going to be Mo Annenson of the Gentry Academy Stars. That coming up right after this. Man needs meat. Youngins especially need meat. But you can't send nippers to school with a T-bone in their pocket. So arm them with Jack Link's Beef Sticks. It's a tasty protein treat that says, grow, you good thing. Plus, it's gluten and MSG free, which should please just about every mom, except the vegetarians. So if you're fed up with seeing mice bites out of their packed lunch, get the beef stick out. Jack Link's, feed your wild side. As promised right here on the Overtime Podcast, we welcome in the Rink Live's very own Sydney Wolf as she will be contributing to our Inside the Bubble program uh, as we continue through the high school season on that highlight show with Care 11, Care 11 Plus, and all of the streaming apps that surround that great product. Sydney, thanks for joining us. How is life at the Rink Live today? Oh, you know, it's pretty good. It's starting to get pretty busy here now that we're getting really close to the to the girls' season starting and the boys' season and obviously tons of college stuff already underway. So I feel like it's starting to get uh, pretty close to the season here. And I have frost on my roof currently, which I think <laughs> is the first day I've seen that. So it's really starting to feel like uh, hockey season. It's funny you say that. I had the same thing, and I thought, oh, better go turn off the water. Uh, because if you forget, you know what that means. So uh, it's time. And, you know, it's funny because summer is, you know, we're finding things to talk about sometimes. And, and it's a lot better once the games start and, you know, the, the, the teams start kind of creating their own trends and things. It's just so much better when the, when everything gets going. College always serves as a great precursor to kind of start the engine. And then the pros come in. Uh, but in earnest, it really doesn't feel like the hockey season doesn't start in Minnesota till about Thanksgiving. It feels like once that holiday season comes, it's like, okay, we're playing the game now. Would you agree with that, that it takes a little bit of time for things to kind of ramp up and we kind of get into it a little bit? Yeah, I'd say in general, just because around that Thanksgiving point too is when, you know, a lot of the high school teams are starting up and starting to get going and all that stuff. So it kind of feels like everything is officially kind of underway by then because obviously then college is already playing pros are already playing but there's 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 hockey at all times of the year but it's definitely busiest I feel like yeah between that Thanksgiving and then the winter break holiday and and all that time in between there is so much hockey each and every day yeah before we get into the big hockey talk here let's talk a little bit about you I'd love to hear more about your hockey journey and what led you to the rink live and what that process has been like for you 
Yeah, it's kind of really random, actually. It's kind of funny when I talk to people, when I meet people out at the rink, the first question they always ask me is, well, who did you play for? And I did not play hockey at all whatsoever growing up, uh, funny enough. But I didn't actually really, even being a Minnesotan, I didn't really even start watching hockey until I got, you know, later into high school, early into college. So which I know is kind of weird for someone from Minnesota, but I got to St. Cloud State, uh, went to college there and started watching the Huskies. And obviously when, you know, that's your school's main sport, you know, nobody really watched football and now they don't have football. So that was kind of the main thing you do when you go to St. Cloud State, watched a bunch of hockey and loved that, really just fell in love with watching the sport. And uh, St. Cloud State, I graduated mass comm. So I did tons of radio stuff with, KBSC up there did stuff with their uh the chronicle which is like their paper and then I did tv as well so did all the mass comm you know journalism type stuff majored in it did a lot of speech and debate activities uh and then after I graduated it was kind of that weird covid time of okay I didn't really know what I wanted to do I didn't really want to be a tv person but there wasn't a ton of other media job. So I actually did a, a one semester of grad school, but I was really following hockey on my Twitter, tweeting a bunch, trying to really get into sports and all that stuff and trying to call a bunch of high school games, play by play in color and stuff. And uh, one day I saw the rink live job pop up online and I thought, you know what, I don't think I'm going to get this, but I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to see what happens. And I actually got the job and it's been an awesome two years ever since. So I kind of really just randomly got the job and went from being a big college hockey fan to just getting into all different types of hockey. So kind of a weird way I got into it, but uh, it's been a lot of fun since. Well, it's interesting because the passion can run deep. You know, what I always tell people is that everybody obviously wants to get to the highest of levels and they want to be with the show and do their thing or whatever it is. But the reality is, is hockey is hockey. And no matter what level you're covering, the game is special and it offers so many different storylines that play in and around that, that I think that's what makes it so fun. And, you know, every room, as we've heard this quote said many a times, I think John Millay from the MSHSL said this, I'll credit him with that for sure, that, you know, every room has its uh, own story. Every, you know, there's 17, 20 different stories in football, there could be 50 or 60 and uh, it's always fun to uh, watch those things and, and watch players achieve what their dreams are and uh, be able to report that and, and kind of work the thing. I don't know if you've had any experience outside of Minnesota uh, from a high school perspective, but I don't even think in Texas it's just too big. They can't cover football the way we cover hockey here, and I don't think Indiana covers basketball the way we cover it here. What's the one thing that you feel you've learned in your coverage of the high school game of what that passion is and why it runs so deep? You know, it's just crazy. Yeah, going out to high school games, it's just unlike anything else here in Minnesota. I mean, when I started first going to a bunch of high school games and watching it, I think you can just tell, you know, really whatever game you go to, it doesn't even have to be like the biggest rivalry game or anything like that. It's just you go to any game, uh, and you can just tell the atmosphere is awesome here in Minnesota and the teams are awesome. Our players are super good here in Minnesota. And I think one of the things I've learned too is when I talk to people from other states, they all know about Minnesota hockey and they all know what we're about here. And everybody just has a, a lot of respect, it seems like, for Minnesota and what we do with hockey here, especially from 
youth all the way up to to the pros but especially everybody knows oh in Minnesota everybody's always outside in the winter playing on the pond and then they got awesome high school scenes um and then of course the legendary state tournament which there's really nothing else like it and that's one of the the best times of the year and every year getting to cover that that's just such a special thing because it's always just an insane uh week for the boys and the girls state tournament so I'd say just you know everybody respects Minnesota hockey and they know we got some of the best hockey in the world here in Minnesota and it's just really not like anything else well obviously we're leading into the girls hockey season tryout start the day that uh, we're recording this which is today obviously and uh, we're playing on November 9th. Obviously, 10 days have to pass before they can play their first game, and off we go. Uh, if you look into your crystal ball of storylines for this upcoming girls' season, what are they? I think one of the interesting things this year is that, you know, a lot of times people will look at the state champions from the year before and go, okay, are they going to repeat? And I don't really think I see that with Warroad or, or Gentry because both of them are, they lost so many awesome, awesome seniors this off season and like a whole ton of division one. Obviously I'm sure they have coming up too, but those two teams I know are going to have to, you know, have some players really step up because both of them had some crazy talent that uh, graduated this off season. So I think that's going to be kind of interesting is to think both the Class A and the AA tournament will probably get uh, new champions this year. I don't know if I see either of those teams uh, getting another win this year, which is, I think, kind of an interesting thing. Well, what about a makeover into the tournament, too, as a potential? Is this the year that Benilde St. Margaret's, which has a lot of experience and some high-end talent, you know, they, they don't have Uma Cornier staring them down from the other end of the rink, which was almost no matter if the teams were even well, evenly matched, they always kind of won that goaltending battle. I'm not saying that United is not going to have great goaltenders to fill it in, but is that a psychological edge for Benilde where the, the Red Knights, Benilde St. Margaret's can possibly push through? What about Holy Family? Can they push through Minnetonka? Is there a potential for that? I, I, I don't know. I, I just think those sections are going to be very tightly contested. Yeah, I, I definitely think that too, just because we did see so much talent, you know, not just with Gentry and World that I talked about, but I know you mentioned Uma and there's a ton of really just high-end players that graduated this last year, which I think will open things up a little bit, um, which might make things interesting. I know a lot of those top teams still have a lot of really, really good young players. And I know there's a lot of good skaters in this graduating class of 2025 that are announcing their commitments now. So I think it's uh, going to be interesting and it might make for, you know, some more interesting section tournaments this year, just with uh, a couple of those key players and key teams, maybe without uh, some of their seniors that they had last year that were really, you know, carrying those teams, those really talented senior classes of last year. And then when you turn your attention to, let's say, the boys' side, we're not going to get too heavily into that. Obviously, we're a couple weeks out. But are there any things that are standing out for you other than the movement, which has just been absolutely out of control? I mean, the free agency period's at an all, all-time high right now. Other than that, what else are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody always talks about the movement, but we can't really even dwell on that because rosters aren't even posted. So, right. I mean, you can speculate exactly. about it all you want, but... Right. And so we see those rosters. We don't really know anything 
for sure. But I think it'll be interesting this year kind of seeing who will end up with Mr. Hockey at the end of the year, just because there is a lot of speculation of people going, okay, is this guy going? Is he staying? And I think there's a lot of guys who are going to be really close in the running this year. I don't think it's going to be, you know, there could end up being a runaway person if they have a really crazy year this year. But I don't know if it's going to be the same as last year where everybody went, okay, well, Shagabee is going to be the guy who gets Mr. Hockey. I feel like pretty much everybody was thinking that at the end of the year. But I think it might be a, a bit closer this year for that contest. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to follow because there's quite a few guys that I think are pretty high up there. I agree with you. It comes down to if if, if those that come back and return from their uh, before and after sessions if they truly do return that list could be pretty darn big as good as we've seen in recent years with this class I think this is a very very good class and I think that's going to be fascinating the other component that I am looking for is uh, what is going to happen there's a couple of little tweaks to the sections because what every two years they go through it how does that impact the playoffs is is Holy Angels ready to make a push? They were very good against YZ in the semifinals. Had that great third period where they looked like they were done and, and, and made a game of it. Are they ready to take another step? I think that's going to be a very interesting component. What's going to happen in Andover? Will they be able to uh, keep things going, or are they going to be uh, in a transitional period? I think there's just so much going on. And then, then you get into the Grand Rapids of the world. They had a new coach. You know, Grant Clafton is now the head coach there. That came up kind of quick late in the game. Same thing at Chaska. You know, Matt uh, Cook going off into the East Coast League. So th- there's so many things that are happening. I think, and you, you use the word speculation. The one thing about boys hockey, especially, more than any other sport that I've seen, it seems as though everybody wants to anoint a champion. Everybody likes to say, uh, this is the team. You know, I, I, I'm like, behind yeah. the, I'm, they're dominant. You know, and it's like they could have a four or five game period where they're really good, where they're struggle. Um, so I find that fascinating how, how, uh, that people try to try to label the teams they think, and sometimes they're not right. And and there are things that have to happen. You got to stay healthy and those types of things. If you were to give me your top five based off of what we know, we don't know anything about rosters, a little speculative here, but who would they be for boys? Oh my gosh, you know, I might even have to wait until we see some rosters here come in or wait another week because I got to look through all my class A and double A and all that stuff. I'm working on all my previews right now. I got to go through all this stuff because I got to get through girls first. Okay, okay, forget that. Forget that. Let's go to the girls. Do you have that? uh, I mean, you know, for girls, I think it's going to be interesting this year too just with a lot of the like you said with the boys too the coaching situations we just saw you know I'm not really naming a top five here but I do think it's going to be interesting seeing what happens with Orono this year with uh, you know they still have tons of talent but now we just heard you know Larry Olam's going to be going over to to Mount Westonka so that's going to be interesting there so I think Orono probably will be good again this year but with the coaching change you you never really know. Uh, South St. Paul, I'm sure, is going to be in the mix again here. But there's a ton of teams, I think, that might be shifted. Like you said, some of the section realignments. I'm starting to work on that, too, here for the Rink Live. Hoping to have a more in-depth preview, I guess, uh, coming up here in a week or so. And I guess I'll try and have my uh, top five up there in a, in probably a week for the girls or something like that. But 
got to take a, a bit of a deep dive here. I don't want to say anything and then look bad here. Yeah, when I'm you, like, you, why you, did you, I say you, them? I leave them out. You don't want to speak out of turn. Totally appreciate that. One of the dynamics prior to the section uh, adjustments was the dynamic of Holy Angels in Orono. Because as we know, Larry Olin was an assistant coach there through the summer. And if he had been on yeah. staff, if those two would have had to face off in the section final again, they don't. I think to me that the the most quiet slash trendy team is is the Holy Angel Stars and the girls class A. I think they're going to uh, surprise a lot of people. Well, not those that really are following it, but I think that team is is very good, and I think it's going to be uh, a, a fascinating run for Ryan Lemire, and uh, we'll see uh, where things can go with him in that regard. So final question for you, Sydney, where can we see you? Like, how do you choose where you go and what you do on the season? What is your workflow? You know, it really depends on the week. I'm sure that now that high school is starting up here, I'm probably going to be at quite a few girls and boys games. Uh, I live in this area, so generally I... I'm not going to go to all the corners of the state just for driving purposes, but if there's any games, you know, that you want to see me at, or you want to see me covering, you know, you can always tweet me and maybe I'll be there. But, um, you know, I try to cover just any different high school games, girls, boys, take pictures, make TikToks of goals and video content. Otherwise too, I go to a lot of college games and junior hockey games. I'm close to the St. Cloud Norsemen. So watch them quite a bit and uh, kind of just do a little bit of everything. I like to call myself a little bit of the, the Swiss army knife for nice. the link live. I kind of do whatever they need me to do. So I'm out and about it a ton of stuff. And, you know, in the winter, too, I go to a lot of youth hockey tournaments as well. So you might even see me out at a Bantam tournament some weekends, you know, you know so I'm doing a lot. I always try to wear my, the rink live stuff if I'm out at the rink though. So if anyone say hi and we can talk some hockey that is awesome uh sydney wolf obviously uh you are a hustler you're a grinder and uh that is what this business needs and uh we're honored to have you be part of our team especially on inside the bubble and jumping in here on the uh overtime pod from time to time but i wanted to make sure everybody knew that uh you were going to be a part of the program coming up our first episode is going to air uh on care 11 plus the 5th of November at uh, 10 p.m. And then we will be uh, having you on the following weekend. I believe that's November 12th. And uh, we'll be going through um, some things. I think among things we'll be talking about, you mentioned commitments. So we'll probably have that as a key part of our feature as well. Uh, just updating th- people on, on what you're doing there. I know you're really on that. And you're among the best in the business at that. So we're looking forward to having you on board. And thanks for taking your time to join us here today. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you. And welcome back into the Overtime Podcast. We have the defending champs on board. It's head coach Monique Annenson. She, of course, from Gentry Academy. Her team ripped off a 27-2 and record last year en route to their first state championship after making appearances in 21-22 and then, of course, last year in 23. Uh, Mo, uh, I hope I can affectionately call you that because I know that's what you're called. Is that Okay. Of course. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So uh, lots to talk about here. Tryouts start today as we record. So what kind of excitement is in and around you and the team and just the overall game to get things going? Yeah, um, we're obviously really excited to get things going. Um, I know just for me, just in a new role, I'm personally really excited. 
uh, just to get everyone here back together on board and hopefully kind of reaching towards the same goal as last year. And I know these girls are super excited to have me, so it makes it a little more special too when all the girls are ready to go and super excited. You know, when you have a, a group of players, uh, what you lost quite a few last year, I think it was 11, you return nine uh, this year. So pretty much half of the roster is going to turn over. When, when you go through that type of thing, uh, how much do you rely on the kids that experienced the things that they experienced last year to really push that through to the other half of the kids that will be coming in? Maybe they were JV players and, and are aware of the culture, but can you talk a little bit about how that dynamic works from your perspective? Yeah, definitely. Um, losing such a big class, um, it definitely will make a difference, but we also have a bunch of girls that are on that same exact team, being teammates with these players. And if they weren't teammates, they're watching these girls, um, how they played, what our culture was like, and just kind of that mindset of what we have here at Gentry. So I think just getting everyone on board, and I think that um, a bunch of girls are excited to step up this year, and I'm excited for them to take that opportunity as well. What area of your game are you most excited about what you think this group can do and at least what you learned from the summer? Um, I think structurally we'll be working hard, obviously, in each zone, but I'm a big offense type of person, so just generating as much offense as we can and just kind of something I like to say is go, go, go. We're always, we're always going to be on the puck. We're always going to kind of be competing and be the hardest workers out there, but uh, I'm excited to kind of get some of my systems and structure in there, and I think these girls um, will be able to kind of thrive off of what I have for them. So that's where it comes from, because I've always viewed your team as pursuers. So now I get it. Uh, very, very good stuff. Uh, so then, you know, obviously we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, targets and things like that. When you're the defending champs, uh, everybody comes out uh, with their very best A++ game, no matter where they fit in the food chain as far as where teams are. Uh, how do you handle that in terms of telling your players, you know, this is actually an honor to have this type of thing, and it's making you better? What's the messaging there for you? Right. Yeah, um, we're obviously every team – that's going to play against us, even though it's a different team this year, they're going to give us our best, like they're going to give us the best game that they got. And we just got to do the same thing and just can't get out competed. And I think we should just take pride in having teams getting fired up to play us this year. How do you approach your schedule in terms of importance, I guess? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I know 25 game schedule is not very long, but it's not teeny either by any stretch of the imagination. You know, football only gets to play eight games. So, so how do you get into, like, the structure of your schedule? Do you do it, like, in, in thirds, one game at a time? What's important to you as far as how you work your way through the schedule to be playing the best hockey you can at the end of the year? Right. I think kind of focusing on one game at a time and not getting too caught, like, too far ahead into the schedule and looking maybe it's five or ten games ahead. I think just kind of working on what's in the moment and what we got whether it's that Thursday or Friday and just focusing on that and what we can do to be the best team when it comes to that game against that specific team. You know, when you go from knowing what you learned last year at the head helm with this team, 
uh, knowing now how things work in terms of Gentry Academy and what you need to do, what are some of the things that you take with yourself from last year that you say, ah, I do this a little bit differently this year? I, you want a title, so maybe nothing, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think just bringing in some culture and it's just having that will, that will to compete, that will to win, whether it's that will to win each battle. I think that's kind of what I'm big on and what I kind of preach, um, especially for this season. I'm going to stick to what I've kind of known as a coach and kind of make that our thing. And obviously, as a coach, I just want to make these players better, whether it's individually or as a team. And eventually some of these girls want to play in their future. And I just want to be that little piece just to help them one individually, but then two, that's going to help us overall as a team to be successful as well. What are the things that you learned from your years of playing in college uh, that you could take to that whole cultural thing that you were just talking about? What's the, what, I guess what I'm asking is from a player's perspective, did you ever look at how, how coaches operated and say, you know, I would do that exactly the same and I would do that exactly different. Are there any key things that stand <laughs> out in that from what you do? It's almost like parenting, you know, like, you do, well, I'm going to do that. That was good. That wasn't good. Did you do, do you have that kind of approach with coaching too? Um, I don't know. Hard to say. Um, obviously when you're playing, it's a little different and you're just focused on kind of what you have to do as a player. But I guess like looking back, on like the things I've learned from coaches or maybe things that maybe I would have done differently. I think I definitely kind of look um, into how I'm using that as a coach too, and how I can just connect better with each of these players now that I'm on the other side of things as their coach. Yeah, no, that connection and that communication is always so important. Uh, when you deal with the nerves of tryouts from players and, you know, I, I don't know how many, how many do you have going out for your teams this year? Um, we have about 25. Okay. So you're, you're, in, you're in good shape that you don't have to say goodbye to anybody really. Correct. Nope. Everyone's on board and that's an awesome situation. That's an awesome situation. So now it's just a matter of making things work and make things happen and, and, uh, really getting things going. And, uh, we're looking forward to, um, seeing your team put things together this year. And obviously we're going to have a lot of your games on the MN hockey TV. We'll be announcing those as well. And, uh, we will be crossing paths throughout the season. So we appreciate your taking time out. You'll be hopping on the ice soon, I'm sure. Yeah, in less than an hour here. That's awesome. Showtime in less than an hour. <laughs> there it is, Mo, yeah. uh, Mo, Mo Anderson right here on the Overtime Podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. Man needs meat. Youngins especially need meat. But you can't send nippers to school with a T-bone in their pocket. So arm them with Jack Link's Beef Sticks. It's a tasty protein treat that says, grow, you good thing. Plus, it's gluten and MSG free, which should please just about every mom, except the vegetarians. So if you're fed up with seeing mice bites out of their packed lunch, get the beef stick out. Jack Link's, feed your wild side. Well, as we wrap up this edition of the Overtime Podcast, we're here with Alex Brosey. The man, the myth, the legend of St. Louis Park Nutrition, looking a little swifty here today. It's Halloween when we're putting this together, so uh, what, what's going on with this costume that you have right here? Uh, well, we don't, uh, I don't know, SLP Nutrition, we don't believe in social norms, so I dressed up as Taylor Swift. My cohort, co-part here, 
Dylan, who is a girl dressed up as Travis Kelsey, and we're having a ball She's going here. full stash, too. Full stash. It looks like she brought a Donald bill a bit, though. She, she tried to go full goatee. She's um, got the shoulder pads on. Um, and you bought those just for the, for the vibe. We bought, we bought them for the vibe. Okay, so let, let's, let's get into this uh, a little bit real quick. I'm an athlete. Why do I want to drink your stuff? Uh, new replacement shakes for any age, any athlete. Uh, going to deliver protein. Protein is one of the biggest contributing factors to a healthy body at any age, any level, athletic or non-athletic. You're, um, you're pretty cut, pretty lean. I am, thank you. And so do, do, do you feel like this plays into that? I do, for sure. Uh, especially younger athletes, retaining, keeping, growing muscle mass is going to be, uh, it's going to be not, the top thing you could do for your success. Does it, uh, does it assist in recovery too, and uh, muscle recovery, that type of thing? Yeah, whenever you're on the ice, whenever you're working out, you're going to be tearing down your muscles, um, which is counterproductive. So you need to consume the correct things post-workout to make sure your muscles are being rebuilt stronger and better. Yeah, I'm probably going to get a strike with Spotify because of the music you have here that's ripping in the background. So we're going to post and see what happens here. I just realized that as I heard it. You know, Obviously, you're going uh, with the Taylor Swift background that was uh, music. Singing, yes. That yeah, was absolutely. Me. You bringing it to another level. Thanks for joining us here. You have a half-off first visit if you pop in here. You're located at, what, 6538 West Lake Street, St. Louis Park. For those of you that want a little uh, bit of uh, landmark, it's right on the west side of the football stands and the football field. We got snow today. We got a little ice on the roads. Uh, (laughs) It is something else. You've got some pumpkin bars here. A great place to come in. Very welcoming, very friendly. By the way, I'd like to remind everybody, the high school season once again starts coming up on the 9th of November. Watch for our season preview of the Overtime Podcast, or check that, the Inside the Bubble program, which will air on CARE 11 Plus and the CARE 11 streaming apps. We'll also have that up on our website at MN Hockey TV. Alex, thanks for uh, bailing me out. Really, the reason why we're doing this is because I didn't do a close of the podcast and I had to get creative, so this is what we're doing, so thanks. Thank you, Pete. That's going to do it for our program today. Thanks a lot for joining us once again. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.